Welcome to another show of NFT Hype, where we go through the industry's ups and downs, I guess you would say, from uh, the hype cycle to the bus cycle to all the cycles in between. But what we're here to do is not really hype anything, but talk about the technology behind NFTs. Hi, all. Welcome to a new episode of NFT Hype. Uh, today we have Gansey of Rare Sat Society on. Gansey, that's a, a little bit of a tongue, tongue twister there. Um, I hope others don't have a problem with it. It's just me. Yeah, the Rare Sat Society can kind of be a jumble, you know, say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Today, on today's episode, Gansey and I are going to be talking about uh, why art on Bitcoin and why you need to know about this today there's quite a bit of trends happening as we speak elon just literally tweeted out something about on-chain art and i think this episode that we've had planned for weeks is is quite timely so first i just kind of wanted to talk to Gansey about like uh amsterdam which we we met at a couple of weeks ago Gansey, like uh what were your initial impressions of that and i i've, I've heard it but like maybe let the listeners know yeah, you know, I didn't know what to expect uh, as far as inscribing Amsterdam uh, goes. You know, I'd gone to the Bitcoin Miami conference and had a lot of fun there. And, you know, that was the first Ordinals conference as well. And a lot of us early builders were there. And, uh, you know, it was great. But inscribing Amsterdam really put the seal or, or stamp on everything for me because uh, the feeling that I had at inscribing Amsterdam and meeting all these builders is like, you know these people are like really like just quality quality people experienced builders that really bring a lot to this domain and uh, getting to meet people like you and uh and and everyone else in this space so uh, i think it felt really special and you know this is the first year and you know i it's kind of funny because you look at uh amsterdam which was really the seat of the enlightenment period I mean, I think that's where it really had uh, its boom. And uh, we're kind of bringing that back with, with Bitcoin. Like, I wholeheartedly believe that. And so I think that added to uh, kind of that unique, like, special feeling that I had in Amsterdam. So uh, really excited. I love, that macro, I love that macro perspective. You're a history major, right? Or a philosophy major? Uh, I, one of my degrees is in philosophy, yeah. So I... Uh, really resonated with that while i was there oh what a, what an awesome city for for that conference it was just steeped with history and like you said there's you know from a from a, a metaphorical point of view it was just uh perfect really well look we're making history with bitcoin right now this year ordinals um you know i am extremely uh bullish but i think that you know like Bitcoin for me is the or ordinals is really special. You know, Bitcoin became a file system this year. And um, I think where we go from here is just truly uh, unreal and inexplicable. And I think we will just have to see it blossom, you know, and see all the things that, that get built. And uh, we've already built so much incredible stuff this year. So speaking of which, like 
you were one of the first to jump onto this whole file system on Bitcoin. Um, the Rare Sat Society basically was one of the first organizations out there filtering through the file system, let's for lack of a better word, and finding out which ones were rare. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, ordinal theory assigns an ID to every Satoshi that has that are is on the the Bitcoin network, um, hereby giving them a unique identity. And Ganzi and his uh, organization, Rare Sat Society, was one of the first to sort of parse through those, categorize them into different things, different uh, silos, I guess you would say, um, by date, by many different attributes, right, uh, Ganzi? Yeah, you know, look, we of course we targeted what I what is known as RRI or Rodimore Rarity Index, and that's your base uh, rarities, you know, from uncommon up to mythic. But uh, you know, even at the time when we first started hunting, I wrote down like a hundred ideas that I thought would be interesting sat narratives. So really, you know, I was blowing my hunter up. I was like, you got to add this to the software, you got to add that, and it. Um, and there's a bunch of stuff that no one's really even seen yet that that we've like collected and i think the that's what really makes uh bitcoin or ordinals unique is the sats like i really honestly believe it's the backbone of ordinals and you know it's a canvas these sats are a canvas and you know which you know later we'll talk about like like an interesting canvas to put your art on on bitcoin and i don't know it's just different like you don't have this in the nft world i want to explore that like concept just a little bit more because i feel like the people in ordinals they get that concept and we've been living with it for months now however like the new person coming in to the space why why is a satoshi what is a satoshi and why is it considered a canvas for your art similarly to how you would pick a canvas for your painting Right. So a Satoshi is the smallest unit of Bitcoin and each Bitcoin comprises 100 million Satoshis. And so there's 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be mined, which means there will be 2.1 quadrillion Satoshis. And, you know, as far as a canvas, uh, you know, look at ETH, like everything is the same. Like if I'm going to um, mint uh, something on ETH, there's nothing really truly unique about it on on the blockchain and then obviously like this elon musk video you brought up like all those are ipfs pointers so um it's the complete opposite on bitcoin we've got unique and special and exotic and vintage you know satoshis and that's immutably stored on chain so um and i think you know the possibilities for uh, these different sat narratives and I'm like really excited for a particular uh, project that's going to be uh, focusing on this, which is Satology. They um, will be allowing people to submit custom sat ranges for people to, to establish new sat narratives. So like super excited wow. about that. And I think that's what just really gives value to this chain. So like for the listeners out there, a vintage sat much like a vintage bottle of wine or a vintage bottle of whiskey or vintage clothing, they it all 
goes back and is related to a specific period in time. So a Satoshi, which is one hundredth of a one one hundredth millionth of a Bitcoin, can now be assigned an identity according to ordinal theory. And that identity is based on the time that it was mined. So therefore, you're telling me that I can go back and I could get a Satoshi that was mined in, like, let's say, 2009, the, the year that Bitcoin was first introduced? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've seen a lot of, of collectors, SAT collectors, picking up Block 9s recently. And, you know, Block 9s are the oldest SATs in circulation. You know, those were mined first week of Bitcoin. And um, and so vintage are all uh, sub 1,000 blocks. So all the, the first 1,000 blocks. And uh, somebody out there um, actually found out which ones have moved. And only like 100 something of those sub 1,000 blocks have moved. And like the really cool ones like block 420 or block 777. Those, uh, I believe 777 moved, but I know 420 hasn't. Uh, but yeah, there's not that many that uh, have moved because it's just so early in the game, and you know a lot of a lot of that Bitcoin is just not moved literally since 2009. So, uh, and I, I like your comparison with the vintage bottle of wine. I think I think that description and that way of looking at things will become much more emboldened over the next few years as ordinals grows. So you're almost in agreement that a vintage sat as time goes on could possibly have more uh value or maybe just more i guess the narrative behind it would keep go- growing i think it's historically significant you know let's let's be honest the supplies for these are really large and so okay. you know in in the early day or like early days of ordinals people re- referred to everything as rares it didn't matter what it was like if it was a special satoshi they called it rare but you know now like we've educated people and and, and you know look these block nines the block 78s they aren't so rare uh because the circulating supplies are really large i think circulating supply for uh block nines as it stands right now is around 340 million so you know that's a lot of satoshis um, but to, uh, for me, uh, you know, it's the historical significance of, of what it is. Yeah, so that, that that makes sense. The quality of the sat is the same. The supply might be bigger. Um, and that's probably because during that period in history, there were just a lot, lot of Bitcoin mined. Is that why? Yeah, so uh, when uh, Bitcoin mining first started, it's the block reward was 50 Bitcoin per block. So, you know, that's, I think it's, I, uh, whatever, that's 7,000 Bitcoin a day or whatever it was, if my math is right there. Uh, but it was a lot of Bitcoin. And, you know, and then in 2012 uh, or 2013, sorry, you know, the block reward 25. And then, um, you know, we're at 6.25 now. This next, having a, uh, this next year will be 3.125. So, you know, here in a couple halvings, like we're the block reward will, will be less than a Bitcoin. And the, the last blocks to ever be produced will be literally one Satoshi. Wow. So, OK, I think we've we've sort of laid the groundwork here for for art in an indirect way. Um, the, the need for art has been timeless. 
people have always created art. People have always painted. In real life, stuff has flourished. We've had a very, probably one of the oldest markets in the world, uh, which is the art market. And now art, digital art can be inscribed, can be uploaded to Bitcoin's file system, using your past metaphor, on a special Satoshi, on a, on a unique Satoshi. So how does that break a couple of the narratives of nfts that 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 we saw in the last cycle so one of the criticisms of of nfts were that there were broken links if you you couldn't upload the exact image to the to the blockchain uh let's talk about that um so what i tell people like uh, i've been very adamant about kind of telling people in spaces over the past eight months or is that this is content inscribed on digital gold. It does not get better than that. There's nothing better than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the first. Bitcoin is what started cryptocurrency. Like it's the best. And then, you know, you add ordinal, you add uh, ordinal theory and you add rare sats on top of that. I mean, we're talking content inscribed on digital diamonds. And uh, of course the immutability is like a huge part of that, right? We don't need IPFS. Like it exists on chain. And so, you know, look, there's some limitations uh, that that we'll have to work through. And, uh, you know, because like as it stands right now, unless you have a miner that that can process something that's over 400 kilobytes, your limit's really 400 kilobytes. And then, you know, the uh, a block size could be up to four megabytes. And, you know, if you're look, I, I was an artist on ETH. I was making images that were 80, 90, almost 100 megabytes in size for just an image you know, after upscaling and, uh, you know, how do we do that on Bitcoin? Well, that's, uh, they developed that it's called recursion and, uh, you can recursively kind of combine parts of a picture. You could break a picture down. Let's say it's 12, 20, whatever megabytes and break that into a hundred pieces or however many pieces you want to and reassemble it using recursion. I, I think that's a interesting implementation and, you know, hopefully it stays like this because, you know, obviously, at some point, someone could design something that works with Bitcoin that's kind of maybe related to IPSS. So um, I don't know how I feel about that. I, you know, I definitely like like how it exists and works now. So you're saying that size is pretty much the only sort of uh, downside here. Um, well, one of them. The other one possibly being costs to upload. Right the cost of the block space really um however the the size issue has sort of been solved with a programmatic approach to combining images um using a concept called recursion so like we going back to that video that that elon put out and rogan put out this morning or yet last night on halloween um elon's criticism was literally like the images aren't on chain and and this is kind of like why i came across the ordinals is because i was looking at a web page for a popular art project on on ethereum and i saw it was linking to some sort of server where they hosted the image and that's kind of like when a light bulb went off for me is that really what people don't like about nfts yeah i 
You know, it's so funny. I saw a video by Andrew Tate recently where he just literally slammed NFTs. And um, he, he, you know, someone maybe uh, someone, one of his friends that's very wealthy, like recommended he buy whatever, a million plus dollar NFT. And um, he, he mentioned click and save, like right click and save. Like I could just right click and save this JPEG. And they're like, well, no, 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 no. It's on the blockchain. And he's like, well, who gives a crap if it's like, who's literally looking on the blockchain? It's a bunch of nerds. And you know what? Like there is some truth there to a degree. And like, I, we are a bunch of nerds. Like that's, yep. uh, that's like a hundred percent. And uh, like no shame there for sure. Like we're forging. This is like we're literally riding on the wave of the future with ordinals, and you know. But it's a certain it's a certain type of uh, collector that's interested in this. And I think Bitcoin's going to change all of that because you know. Let's look at really big artists like Beeple. Uh, I went to Beeple's event, uh, whatever a month or a month and a half ago, and I was able to talk to him. And, you know, obviously he made his fame on Bitcoin. And what's kind of interesting is that piece that oh, Ethereum, he... Oh, Ethereum, you mean? Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, Ethereum. My bad. So what's interesting about that piece that he sold for $69 million is it's a collage of all the everydays. Well, what would be better than using recursion to accomplish that and put it on Bitcoin? And, uh, you know, he's he's definitely entertaining, like, the idea, I think, of coming to Bitcoin because, you know, I asked him. I was like, you know, when when are you coming to to, to ordinals? And uh, I think he wants to understand it better. Like he was wanting me to kind of like break down what this all means, and uh, was telling him about rare sats. But I, I think those kind of artists are coming, and that's a, a lot of what I saw in Amsterdam was a lot of art incubators are are coming. I mean, I've t- had to. Sp- spoken to like four or five like pretty big ones so yeah like okay so you brought up an interesting point there regarding like nerd speak right like um so to the regular guy on chain versus off chain probably doesn't mean anything um ownership probably does so from that point of view maybe ethereum uh doesn't have an, a downside you know given that the fact that they have some benefits to the smart contracts but for the purists out there who want their file system to be as secure as possible i know that you have a technical background would this be would this be like using a different operating system where you had more control over the file system and more sort of security like a linux for example versus windows or something else yeah, it's a, I think that's an interesting comparison. I totally I, t- I agree with that. Like, I like that idea. I think, yeah, Bitcoin is it in regards to that. Like, um, I think it kind of it, it checks off all the boxes. And, uh, you know, look, like I was a traditional collector before this and we're in a new age now. This is digital collectibles like this is, you know, this is what people want. Like this is the, you know, these these newer generations like they're collecting digital things they maybe are not collecting um as as many like you know physical collectibles um (laughs) i still think you know i still collect physical things like toys cards uh even antiques and it's so funny i'll go into the store uh, like a toy store or something or even walmart or target 
and I'll see people my age collecting Hot Wheels or, you know, like Marvel figures or whatever it is. It's so funny. Like, it's not like kids. I don't see a lot of kids from this generation collecting. It's us guys that are, you know, 30, 40 plus years old. And you know, that's, a, that's what we grew up with. And like, like that's where we're still in that uh, uh, collectibles game. So um, what do you, what do you think it is about us humans that we like to collect stuff? Because I've met people from all cultures, all age groups that like to collect. What is it? Well, I think it was the 80s and 90s. Um, it was just that and gaming. And and it, it's just, you know, it, like uh, the toys that came out during that generation and like the cartoons. I was literally just having this discussion last night with one of my friends. Like, I don't know. There was something just so special about it. And maybe this started in like the 60s and 70s. You kind of G.I. Joe, you know, my dad, uh, he would collect like G.I. Joe figures and then, you know, Barbie and, and the Hot Wheels. And, you know, it's just I think all those things came out and just really like progressed that 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 space. And some people like collecting like cars, you know, um, they just have a bunch of cars sitting around in their garage. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's just something to do with the fact that we get something to obsess about. So I I don't know. I I think I brought that up to say that we can all nerd out about something. For like for example, my my father-in-law, I can't he just, the guy just can't stop talking about Chevys and and different types of engines and and the, the eight cylinders versus the the big block and the small block and and, and like I see comparisons there because um, he'll talk about like the Corvette in a certain year and the first car out of the line and the second, the, the last car out of the line are always the coveted ones. And to me, that's like a Satoshi. That's an uncommon and a black, right? It's the, it, <laughs> right. it's just, it's the same kind of thing. No, it is. Uh, you know, that's the interesting thing about cars because, you know, take take a model, let's say whatever it is, like um, um, a Corvette or something, uh, you know, the, the years of, you know, 2000 to 2010, maybe they were built in a certain way or right. they had certain components. And, well, those are the ones that can, uh, you know, that don't have problems and that go, you know, 200, 300,000 miles or like whatever the situation is. And I, I think that's super cool because I'm always someone who buys quality things. I always love when a product lasts, I think that's the coolest thing is that you have an old car that is still just killing it. You know, you put, it's had oil changes and tires rotated like that, or, you know, new tires, like that's it. And it's still a beast. Like, I think that's like, I really appreciate that. And I think that's probably what your dad sees or your, uh, uh was, you said your stepfather or whatever, but father-in-law. Father-in-law. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's always talking about different, uh people who get traded from different car companies that come in and help build a new design he knows about that guy that came in and the new allison engine and our transmission um and it's like they're everyone i think nerds out about some things and i think uh in in terms of art and security and longevity and uh value and and network i think we're we're kind of uh on the right track here 
uh, Gansey. So, I mean, like, in what ways do artists benefit from incorporating Bitcoin and blockchain technology into their creative process? Like, how do we bridge that gap for the traditional art collector or sort of the traditional artist? Well, I'll tell you right now, like one of the more interesting things is parent child, because that way you can literally showcase provenance. So your parent inscription could uh, uh, and, 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 you know, maybe it's on an interesting set, you know, like an uncommon or, you know, even a rare, like what Seize Control did. And then all their children, okay, all, all the, um, you know, art pieces for that collection um, or sit under that parent. So it's, uh, it's like almost kind of like a family tree, if you want to think of it that way. But um, I think that's something artists can leverage in the future. And, you know, that's fairly new, you know, literally just a week ago, um, we have, we now have bulk parent child that are not, that are not cursed. And uh, I, I was actually, I put a, I did a collection, 241 children. It's the, it's the first uh, bulk parent child non-cursed on special sat. So uh, pretty epic, making history. And I think it, you know, these artists that are coming over can leverage that. And I'm, I'm trying to onboard as many people in the traditional art scene into, um, into Web3, into Bitcoin, because I have a buddy in LA, super talented artist. I was like, you have to be on Bitcoin. Like this, this is it. Like this is the way to get exposure. Um, this is something very new. And I think collectors, serious art collectors, like we already saw serious art collectors coming into ETH, right? I mean, we had a, a ton of stuff go to Christie's and, and Sotheby's auctions. And I think it's yeah. going to be a hundredfold on Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, and when you talk to those traditional art collectors, what are you what are you telling them the major benefits are? So you mentioned provenance there. Um do, how do you explain that to them? Well, you know, it's uh, it can be difficult sometimes, you know, if someone is not from the crypto realm um, and you're throwing out all these terms, it's kind of it can be off putting. But, you know, I tell them because I'm kind of for me personally, I'm, I'm helping guide that whole process. And I'm like, listen, like, I'll, you know, you create the art. I'll take care of, uh, you know, the digital or like, you know, complicated things. And, you know, do what you do best. And, you know, I think we'll obviously see tooling and services and stuff like in the future that will help like onboard traditional artists onto Bitcoin in a more streamlined way. But right now I'm kind of like nurturing that process for them. And uh, like, I'm, I'm super into digital. Like, I, I love that, you know, create something physical, like you're a physical artist, maybe you're, you do oil paints or like installations, whatever it is um sculptures and you know have the the digital representation of that that someone can own and that can also be provenance for the physical piece and uh so i'm super bullish about that i you know jonathan schultz from ordinal diamonds he just did i bought his radioactive diamond piece well he has physicals that he made it's like on super quality uh um, paper and uh, he actually, uh, so he uses like rare gems, like diamonds and stuff and gold on art. And he, he like, he was putting accents on this piece of actual gold that he like paints on there, brush it or however he does that. So I'd like that for me is 
I mean, who's doing that? You just got to be like one of, you know, whatever, a handful of people in the world that, that do that. So that is really cool. Like, the, so what, what are the, the challenges or limitations that artists face using this technology? Well, you know, you brought up earlier costs. And, you know, right now it's uh, so um, my first like three collections on Bitcoin or first two because I'm an artist from ETH. It was like, you know, okay, I'm gonna, I want to do like the first fine art on Bitcoin. Well, my file sizes are really large. You know, earlier we talked about like that 400 kilobyte maximum limit. Um, and so my file size is like 250 to like 350 kilobytes. Actually, someone just messaged me the other day on my Technophiles collection. He's like, dude, these file sizes are huge. And I was like, yeah. no, I know. And I only paid 50 to $100 to inscribe those. Now, in I think it was May... Uh, right around the Bitcoin conference in Miami, sat the 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 mempool fees to inscribe shot up to 500 sats per V byte. Wow. Right, extreme. You know, right now they're, you know, whatever, like two to like 20. And so the art that art that I inscribed would have cost you seven to eight grand to inscribe those same pieces that cost me 50 to 100 dollars. And so I think there's an inherent value in that. And, uh, you know, as ordinals grows and, and uh, the mempool kind of gets slammed and look, this is the same thing we saw with ETH. Remember when it cost $300 to mint something in 2021? Yeah. I think that gives inherent value to uh, the art or whatever's inscribed on it, because look, it already cost me, you know, $300 to inscribe this thing. So it, uh, I think it gives value. I, I, uh, and obviously that fluctuates, but um and then, of course, the, the the size limitations. But look, we're building tooling, uh, the stuff that solves this, and like we're going to solve it over time. So I think uh, we we see this looking better um, over time. And and you know, like I'll repeat again, like you know, hopefully someone doesn't implement some kind of IPFS thing for Bitcoin. Like I kind of think it may might be inevitable, so people can host like maybe more robust or larger file types but uh i think you know it's to be seen all right um on the other side of things like we originally talked about in the at the beginning uh artists can pick a canvas that has i guess some meaning to it um i i i know that you said that you found some december 25th 2009 sats um and i'm gonna get some of those by the way but uh <laughs> to me like that's kind of a cool uh canvas to put maybe like a christmas inspired piece on or something wouldn't it be well yeah i was like please you know and i hadn't tweeted about that yet but i will soon because we put the christmas sats on satscribe and you know satscribe is a is the rare sat inscription service you can literally go choose your sat and inscribe right there it's like super smooth process and it's something we built and uh like amazing devs that that built this um but you know put your christmas imitations put your christmas photos put your christmas art and that's like a really basic one you know that was something when i was when i told you about the 100 ideas i wrote down when i first started sat honey of course holiday sats you know uh halloween christmas like valentine's day fourth of july like that that's just obvious because like people um resonate with with that so 
um yeah i would love to see like someone do kind of something interesting that with that and you know it just harkens back to the sat narratives like it, every satoshi has a story to tell because it was mined on a date it has a number it has a yep. sat name which is extremely like my uh, oh yeah people probably get tired of me saying this but my sat names are my favorite type sat type and uh, so uh, and that's why I love what Satology is doing because people can come in and submit ranges for cu for custom sat narratives, and you know that's like Black God from Classified. He came to me and he goes, "I think that the last set of the block could be like a huge deal," and I was like, "You yeah, know, cool." Like I totally support. Like I wasn't like super huge on it at the time, but I said, "Look, I'll find them for you." And then, yeah. oh, dude, Black Sats are like the biggest sat, like highest volume sats now, <laughs> like. Uh, it's incredible. And I mean, people implement, you know, Satting implemented it. Magisat implemented it. Like, it's basically, you know, like a really popular Sat tribute now. Um, so, and, and then whatever the day you were married, like the Sat, yeah. done, like those are all relevant. And uh, is Tooling coming so that I could find something like that? Let's say my uh, birthday. Yeah, well, so uh, uh, Rabbi with Lumisat created a bounty, and we wanted to create this, but like we have to, we have to really pick and choose like what we create. Um, you know, it's obviously expensive to develop things, and uh, so he built a service, and I know he's still working on it, where you could go in and say that, like, hey, I want you know my wedding date as a sat, like whatever November twenty third. Uh, to 2013 i need those sats because i'm going to inscribe like our wedding photos on it or something uh and a, a hunter could go there and you know implement that into their software like their their hunting software and uh, you know you put up the bounty like hey i'll i'll pay a hundred bucks for a thousand of them so uh like super excited about that that's what just kind of makes this grow because dude there's a million sat narratives that could be done i I had a collection come to me and he was doing like Spartan warriors or something as the art. Yeah. Yeah. And 300 was the name of the collection. And I was like, I was like, dude, like, I mean, there's a lot we could do with this. I was like, I wanted to see how big the actual Spartan army was. And, you know, maybe that's the block number that we find. And uh, so it's just really anything can be done. To me, what, what it's sounding like, it's like, there's a, there's a, just another dimension. To the art now um is the sat number and the sat name uh so i i think that's really cool i mean palindromes were the, the an easy narrative because of the number um names are, are quite important so uh, yeah to me I, I feel like creating art is now not just what's on the what, what the imagery is but also the canvas which is no one cares no one knows exactly what canvas uh, Picasso put something on. It could have been, could have been the back of a a box. Who knows, right? Like we we don't know. So at least with with digital art on Bitcoin, you know. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> it's uh, there. I so I met a artist in Amsterdam. Uh, I think you did too. Is um, the Italian guy uh, Descanio. Uh This guy's Da Vinci. He's modern day Da Vinci. And uh, his art is absolutely incredible. And uh, like, I'm super excited for him coming into Ordinals. Like, I know it, they created the Ordinal Studio, and we 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 donated a sat to them, a sat name, and just be aware, you know, every sat name it's a one of one, so it's one out of two point one quadrillion sats. That's the only one there is, 
and it was the sat name be deserving (laughs) be deserving of freedom be be deserving of libertas like and they put their manifesto on that and um uh, but uh, like that's uh, we're gonna see more and more of that like coming in and i think like the big names it's only a matter of time before the big artists like bridge over to bitcoin okay good prediction um like, how do you see the future of art on Bitcoin evolving? What opportunities um, are you expecting or uh, anticipate? Yeah, I'd like to see more like digital uh, initiatives. Um, you know, it's clear that there's tons of art incubators, which I think is super important. Um, you know, let, let's see, like maybe maybe art blocks comes over. Um, like, I think all those things are kind of in- inevitable. And, you know, that's when really ETH NFTs popped, you know, uh, was it Tyler Hobbs? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Dimitri Cherniak of- is uh, uh, a significant prominent name in the art blocks world. Uh, he's he's kind of like all over the Goosenels connection now. He sent out a tweet this morning. Um, that's that's interesting. He really liked their memes and, and the, the vigor of the community. Well, this this community is extremely quality. Uh, it, it it's different, you know. Look, like there's some integrity in the space. Like, let's be real. Look at there's no royalties on, yeah. on Magic Eden for Bitcoin. You know, we uh, there's not a ton of 10k collections. They're smaller collections, and and you know, uh, unless you're using a launchpad, you got to fork up the money to inscribe these collections, these larger collections, like. You know, it's it might not be cheap, you know, um, and, and you have to be smart about your file sizes. And, that, you know, look, you follow the money. It's obvious that the money will come to is coming in like 2024 is going to probably be the best year for Bitcoin. Look, I I've been here since 2011. That's when I started mining, uh, you know, 15 year anniversary yesterday for Bitcoin white paper. We're 15 years in. It's I mean, unreal. We've seen it grow this big and. I was watching an altcoin uh, daily video before we we started this call, and um, it was Warren Buffett. He said, "I couldn't believe he said this." He goes, "If you gave me all the Bitcoin that exists, I wouldn't pay twenty five dollars for it." And I was just <laughs> like, "What?" He's like, "Because I can't use it." And uh, and you know now I'm like with ordinals. I was like, "Well, with ordinals now." Uh, and of course, it was being used before this. Um, I think it gives like a really unique um, application. And look, this is the first time uh, basically in 14, 15 years that Bitcoin is being built on. And of course, you know, in Amsterdam, we're talking to the, laser, the, the, the you know, the laser eyed maxis, Bitcoin maxis. And, you know, I would uh, uh, try not to trigger them, but ask them, hey, what do you think about ordinals? And, um, or they're like, well, didn't this guy just kind of come up with it? Isn't it just like arbitrary? Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, yeah, like sure, like the Rodimore Rarity Index, yeah, that's arbitrary, but it's super intuitive. It's it's so intuitive, like it's almost always been there. And then what just happened like a week and a half ago, Rare Sat Seeker found out that someone was extracting uncommons in 2014. Before or before no theory even came out. Yeah. So I made a comment on that, and I thought that was amazingly a uh, foresight of the guy, like a huge foresight. But my comment was that makes uh, ordinal theory 
very intuitive if somebody could figure that out before it was even specified. Well, we, we, we were cogitating on how could this guy know about such a thing? Well, in 2012, there was a proposal for something called colored coins. And this was like fungible tokens on Bitcoin. So I think someone who's just really smart has foresight, right? And, you know, seeing see the tree line before we get there, uh, saw that and was extracting, uh, you know, oh, first of the block, that kind of makes sense. Like that's probably going to be something that's valuable. And uh, so it was just really cool to see that. Yeah, that was really cool to see. Well, Gansey, um, thank you for joining me on this episode um i bet we could probably go on for a long time but i'd like to keep it short here for the listeners um would love to have you again on in a future episode to talk more because i feel like you're just a wealth of knowledge yeah thank you uh thanks for having me look you know for your listeners out there if if you aren't exposed to ordinals yet uh you know come into our discord we would love to literally hold your hand through any of this process and you know, I think this is the digital. For as far as digital collectibles are concerned, this is this the future. This is it. What's your handle on uh, X? So our handle on X is for the organization is um, Rare Sat Society, and then my personal is for Gansy is the Gans Machine. Gans with a G. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Gans. Yeah, G- generative adversarial networks. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I'll link to those. Thanks, Kenzie. Um, Pleasure having you on. Okay, thanks, Johan. Take care. 